1: Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited. I think we are going to have a hard time fitting everything we need to say into a podcast episode because I we have a treat for you bringing Bonnie on the show today. She is a dear sister in Christ and we're going to talk about her new book where we, I'll actually, I'll let you introduce it, but it's around the topic of soul cares, the work that she does. And I just really think that today is going to be a blessing as we dive in. So, So, Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rachel.
0: I know we are fellow sisters. You know, I could just know that we care about so much seeing God's word and encouraging women in wherever they're at and that God is with us in every part of our journey.
1: Yeah, well, so what we're doing this week is we're taking a little bit of a break of our regular programming and we're doing the Friends and Family series and you are releasing a book pretty soon and I was hoping you could kind of just Walk us through just the reason why you decided to write this book and maybe the general overview. And then I have lots of questions to to ask you and to pick your brain today about too. Yeah, so this new book is called
0: Breathe 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. And the reason why I wrote this book is because it talks about the 10-year journey I had healing from anxiety, panic attacks, and even depression. And what was special about this time is that I didn't know anything about soul care. I only understood my faith in serving God, like at the mountaintop experiences, you know, kind of growing up in the church. I just felt like the way to really please God is to serve Him by doing things that would help others. And God definitely wants us to do that. But when I hit the wall, um, my hair started falling apart. I started having panic attacks and my body was telling me, Bonnie, You're not doing well. You need to take care of yourself. I didn't even know like how to begin. And so this book is my way of sharing with all my fellow sisters in Christ where in the scripture God can tell us this is important to God. This is important to Jesus. And four areas of wellness, which is emotional wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, and social wellness. These are areas that I just really didn't even understand what to do. So I share this and I'm happy to be here because I just want to share what helped me because I know it'll help others from God's word and also from science as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, one of the things that really resonated with me when I was reading your book was, I think something that's going to resonate with a lot of women is just this idea that you are worth taking care of. And we have this tendency as women to meet everyone else's needs and making sure everything's taken care of. But we do that at the expense of our own needs. And one of the things that just really resonated that you talk about in your book is, you know, why is it so hard for us to give ourselves permission to rest? And that seems to be such a common thread with a lot of women that I talk to. Well, yeah, you know, the scientific studies back this up. Rachel, women
0: suffer from burnout more than men. So whether we're single and we're juggling, you know, work demands and ministry or friendship or we're moms with little ones or teens that take up our energy, patience and time, we pour out nonstop. I just nonstop. Yet at the end of the day, we're the ones that end up exhausted and we end up at the bottom of the to-do list. We're so busy taking care of everybody else that we forget about our well-being. And that's not good because God does care about us. God cares about how how you feel. It matters to him. So just like, you know, we're so focused on others. Well, God's first priority in his heart is you. It's you and me, our well-being. And we can't pour out, right? If we want to continue to bless people, we have to make space to replenish our emotional reserves. It's like there's some flowers I bought from Trader Joe's. I don't know if there's Trader Joe's where you live. About two hours away, I have to drive, but we go at least once a month. Okay. Well, you know, there's always these flowers, right? And so, you know, I always struggle, like, should I bring them home or not? And is it worth it? And they're only good for a few days. And, you know, one time I finally said, yes, okay, I'm going to bring home hydrangeas. And I was busy cooking and doing the dishes. And then it wasn't until the end of the day, I realized, oh no, I left them out on the countertop and all the petals were wilted. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us feel that way. We feel wilted, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically. But the good thing is I Googled quickly and it said that if I were to put the hydrangeas in a vase with water, a few hours later, it refreshes, the petals refresh. And so that's what soul care is about. It's saying we can be refreshed when we take time, take space to be refilled by God's peace and joy, we can get refreshed. And so soul care, one of the first questions people always ask me is, well, isn't it selfish? I feel guilty. Like, isn't it selfish to just think about myself? And this is where, yeah, go ahead.
1: What do you think? Well, I was going to say, I think that is probably a good question to address. Like, you know, women struggle with guilt, I think, in a lot of different areas, like that that classic mom guilt example. And one of the things, like we did an episode last year where we talked about rest, and that's one of the things that resonated so much with women. was you know, spiritually, if we're not well rested, we're vulnerable. And changing that perspective of, you know, rest isn't selfish, but rest is a weapon. You know, spiritually, if we want to be strong, you know, the enemy comes after us when we're burnout and when we're tired and we're exhausted. And we really need to get to a place where we are working for rest instead of resting from work. And I can say that, but practically, you know, what are some tips for the listeners who might be feeling overwhelmed with just the busyness of life? Do you have any tips for them? Oh my gosh, this is so good.
0: I love how you said that. That rest is a weapon. And one of the first things that I love to talk about is, you know, in that wonderful verse, a lot of people, it's a well-meaning. They say, hey, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, make your request known to, to God. It's kind of like, stop being anxious. That's the first thing we try to do. Our natural reaction is, we can think our way out of stress. Let me just stop it. But actually, we find from Scripture that we need to nurture our way out of stress. We don't think our way out of stress. We nurture our way out of stress. And let me explain why. Because, you know, our brain, the way God created us, it has two parts. You know, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We want to transform our mind by the renewing of our mind. Well, our mind, our brain has two parts. There's left brain anxiety and right brain anxiety. Left brain anxiety comes to us. It's called anxious arousal. That happens when we focus on problem solving, when we focus on doing things. The left brain is the logic part of our brain. And so as women, we lean on that. We are problem solvers. We'll get things done. We'll juggle our schedule And so we lean on that, but we neglect that God created us with a right brain. The right brain is the emotional part of our brain. It's the part of our brain that's the creative. It's where we have auditory, where we listen to music and we're soothed. It's the tactile part of our brain where we can do things with our hands, whether it's knitting or it's gardening or it's playing a musical instrument. God created each of us, our soul. And that's why soul care is about your unique inner being. The psalmist in 139 says, for you created in my innermost being, and that is unique. Every woman has a different stressor or trigger. One thing that stresses you out is different from what stresses me out. Same thing. One thing that helps you relax is something different that helps me relax. So God wants us to use the right brain because studies show, Rachel, I learned this. It's not the left brain that calms anxiety. It's the right brain. So we need to do things that are nurturing, things that help our emotions to feel comfort, feel peaceful, feel joy, and it requires action. You know, that passage that I just shared about, like, it's important that we do not be anxious, you know, but in all things through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, lift it to God, well, we don't keep reading. We don't keep reading Philippians chapter four, verse seven and nine. It says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Wow. And think on these things. So this is an important biblical principle. We don't just think on these things. We put it into practice. So that's where we need encouragement as women. We need to encourage each other. What are you doing that's helping you to experience more of God's peace and joy? What is comforting to you? What is relaxing? And what have you done lately that is helpful for that? I don't think we have those conversations enough. We talk about what we're doing. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Remember left brain? We don't talk about the right brain. Hey, what is it that you're doing that's relaxing? What's been helping you to stress less? You
1: know, it's language that's so foreign to us. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that rest piece because as moms, I think we tend to feel like it's selfish or it's lazy of us to relax or rest or even though we know that it's productive, there's a tendency to feel like guilt around that. And one of the things that I thought was really helpful that you say in their book is that, you know, we hear that verse and we hear those first couple words, be anxious for nothing. And that, that a lot of times, like you said, we don't keep reading. We get stuck on that. And then that produces this guilt and anxiety in us because how do you just stop being anxious? Like, we don't know how to do that. It's because we physically can't do that. But you say you can't just ignore the anxiety, but you have to respond to the anxiety. And so I love this idea of how experiencing God's peace isn't about passively just receiving it, but instead there is a peace where we need to step into obedience to what we've already told us to do.
0: Yeah, and you know I know that you've been looking through psalms and meditating on psalms, and this is a very powerful verse for soul care. In Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Well, if we were to double click on the phrase, be still, It literally means loosen your grip. It literally, the original Hebrew is relax. So being still isn't the absence of action. Being still isn't just not moving or doing anything. It's actually the opposite. It's what can I do to help me loosen my grip on stress, worry, or anxiety? And for some of us, that means taking action to decommit from letting go of a role that is burdening you, that's draining your wellness. And that might mean at one season of our lives, we had to take on a role, whether it's serving in church, a particular ministry, it could be a responsibility we're carrying. I don't know what that is, but we need to let that go in our current season so that we can relax, so we can loosen our grip. For another woman, being able to relax and to loosen our grip, could mean adding. And so these are two actions. It's adding into our day rhythms that help us to experience God's peace and rest. So when I talk about that right brain, what is something, as listeners, you're you're listening to us in our conversation, what's something that you enjoy doing that maybe you've let go since you were a mom or you used to a new job or you have some kind of it could be a medical issue that you're dealing with in your own body. What's something that you could have lo- you once enjoyed? but you've let that go. It's somehow fallen to the wayside. Well, God says, that's important. I created you to release stress in this way. Now, the rest of Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. The word know is not a left-brain thinking know. It's yada, which is to experience God. So the things that we do to experience God, His peace and joy and comfort is unique to each person. That's why soul care is so fun and it's so renewing and it's so good to know that we can let go of the guilt because this is the way God created you. He put in each of us this mechanism to activate the rest and refresh response. But it means we have to dare to believe that you're worth it. You have to dare that to believe, are you worthy? Are you worth the rest? Are you worth the joy? Would we decommit from allowing somebody else to get something they want from us in order for us to say, you know what? My rest is more important with God. It almost seems like, oh, no, don't say that, Bonnie. (laughs) You know, it's like because the message we receive in church often is about serving others. And yet God says we can only comfort others with the comfort we first receive ourselves. Notice the order. We first receive ourselves. So It's a renewal, continual replenishment, just like those flowers from Trader Joe's that I got that were wilted. We need to refresh continuously.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's powerful, too, because ideally, if we are serving from a place of overflow, then his yoke is easy. And it's when we're serving from a place of lack that that serving feels hard and it leads to burnout. And I know for me, when there's been times where I've been serving in ministry, I was in full-time local church ministry for 10 years. And while I experienced a lot of really amazing things, it led to some extreme burnout because that's exactly what was happening. I was not allowing time for you know, those games of rest to be a regular part of my life. And I think that would be maybe a question that I would ask you, like for the mom or the ministry leader or, you know, the career woman that is really struggling to, number one, find the time. And I know that you're saying there's some things we need to let go of, but maybe prioritizing the time. Like, how can we let go of some of those maybe faulty assumptions that if we let go of some things, we're going to be seen as lazy or we just aren't making the cut or the judgment that might come from other people when we start to let go of some of those things? Yeah, I love that you're
0: bringing it out. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's so much to talk about. It's like, it's so important to add into the schedule. And one technique I use, because I was a missionary in my 20s, before I had my panic attacks, like I was the Bible teacher. I was leading a 30s ministry in our church. Like these are all fun and exciting things. But I, I didn't know, you know, the greatest commandment Jesus said is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. So we love God with our mind that's knowing the truth and that is very important. That's why we love studying Scripture. It's important to serve others that's our heart that heart designates will our will and our devotion towards God and so that's the heart where we serve from but we neglect soul. It's almost like as if that word isn't even in there at least for me you know I didn't I just kind of ignored it because I didn't understand it. How do I love God with my soul? So this is really important. Like once I understood this is something that's core to what God wants, that helps me to have an ambition. In Thessalonians, it says, and oh gosh, I love this part. I know I know you're going to love it too, Rachel. It says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet, restful life. The root word for quiet is restful. I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I needed because God knew, you know, I'm the kind of girl that just loves encouraging others. And I didn't understand what would life look like outside of doing that. And there's only three times in scripture that the word ambition is used in the New Testament. One is make it your ambition to lead a quiet, restful life. Second is to make it your ambition to please God. Third is making your ambition to share the gospel. So we know about sharing the gospel We know about pleasing God, but this is the magic, not, some people don't like the word magic, but this is the key secret to abundant life. It's nurturing your inner life, that quiet, restful life. So that was the first thing for me as a Bible study girl. I needed from scripture. I said, God, this sounds too woo-woo to me, all this soul care stuff. And I got the scripture and I go, okay, this is a key ambition God wants us to nurture. And adding things in our lives, this is really important too. I guess I'll give some tips here if you feel like that would be helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to make a comment that I think that that is like the opposite of the hustle culture that the world offers, that the idea of ambition is always about driving for the next bigger, better thing that that adds more to your plate instead of the opposite, which is the truth of what God wants. He wants our heart, our mind, our soul. And, you know, I think for me too, one of the things that was a changing point for me was that I realized, like, as I started to learn about this, that delayed obedience is disobedience still. And I was being disobedient. Once I learned that this is what God wanted for me, I was being disobedient by not doing it. And when I had that perspective shift, it did allow me the grace that I needed to give myself to just be able to rest. And at that point, when I realized that I was being obedient to God, That was really the only voice that mattered, like the voices of the world with people that might be critical or judgmental. It just didn't matter as much because I knew that my heart was longing after seeking what God wanted above and beyond anything else.
0: Well, that's good for you because maybe you didn't have to reach the point where I did, whereas my body was the last line of defense. Okay, so it's great that you heard that and you responded to it. And I love the book of Hebrews for that purpose. One of the key verses of Hebrew is that we enter into God's rest. out of obedience. And so, oh gosh, that's another thing we could all talk about. But I love that you had that perspective and you responded to it. So for me, it was my body. My hair was falling out, you know, got mysterious rashes. And so a lot of women also um, come in my soul care coaching ministry, also share about that. Like, Bonnie, I didn't even know I was stressed. A lot of women don't even know that they're stressed. Because we're so good at pushing through and, you know, being in survival mode, but it's until our bodies start showing, like, you know, warning lights that God puts into our body, like a car, of a dashboard car, it's not something to be ashamed about. It's just saying, oh, I didn't know. Oh, God, you want me to take care of me too? Oh, okay. I didn't know, you know, and you know, like the oxygen mask metaphor, it's very, very powerful. Yeah. Right, we have to put on our oxygen mask first before we help others.
1: Well, and it cares? Came about- it came after. It was what I call, and my listeners love this. I call it my season hiddenness because I did get to a place where I was completely burnt out. Like I left that ministry that I had worked at for a really long time that I was really, really passionate about. But I knew that at that point, if if I did keep going, that I I was I would might not have survived it. Like I just emotionally, physically, spiritually, was so burnt out, and so. I love the idea of you giving maybe some tips for the woman that is saying, okay, this sounds great, but practically, what does this look like in my life? Some practical things or maybe some ideas to get the ball rolling. And I know that for everyone, it's going to look a little bit different, but are there some insights you have to kind of help get women thinking in that direction?
0: Yeah, I would love to. So there's four different areas of wellness that I had to learn with Jesus to nurture my soul. So I'm going to go through these four and through each one, I want to hear your thoughts, Rachel. (laughs) Yes, I want to hear your thoughts because it's so fun to talk to you. It's like so, you have so much different life experiences and it can just show like every woman's thoughts or life experiences, like looks a little different. So I really appreciate you pointing that out. That's so important in soul care. So one of the first areas, is the emotional wellness. And we already touched on it about needing comfort. This is so important, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is the Holy Spirit's other name is the comforter. Mm -hmm. So comfort is a very key, important soul care element. And so that's something we can each think about. What is something you can do to comfort, experience comfort? And interestingly enough, one is doing something with your hands. Research shows that activities using our hands stops negative rumination. So one symptom that told me that I was stressed, I didn't own aware of it at night, Rachel, I would find it very hard to fall asleep because the minute I laid on my bed, my mind would keep going with all these problems or things I needed to do. And I didn't know how to stop it. Like I would pray, God, please stop these worries. And then I was like, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why does this keep on my mind, keep on feeling? And God brought me to this verse I talk about in First, Second Corinthians 1, 3. Comfort ourselves with the others with the comfort we first received. So God's saying, well, Bonnie, what is it that can help comfort you? That is where it's key, Bonnie. During the daytime, you need to do something that's helpful with your hands. So for me, as something is, you know, playing musical instruments, when I became a mom, like there was no time for me. I mean, I would drive my kids to get their musical instrument lessons, but I spent no time. So one of the important techniques is that every day I have a two thing list. What's the one thing that I need to do that I think is the most important that's for somebody else today? What is that one thing? If I can only do one thing today, what would that be? The second is what's one thing that I can do that's good for my emotion or my body? One thing. So, this is key. I put that in the schedule first. Wow. Yeah. So, for instance, okay, I'm going to be practicing playing piano. I want to just play piano, play hands or whatever. It doesn't matter what it was. So, see what you said, Rachel, it just seems so radical because the world's message is if it doesn't help somebody, it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't, you know, help generate income or something in what we think is God's kingdom. And hopefully, after this podcast, people realize. You are first in God's kingdom. Jesus said that don't push away the children because we need faith as a child. Again, we want to live out, take action. Soul cares about taking action to live as a child. And so play is one of those first things. You know, we go move mountains as moms and make sure our kids get, you know, a lot of enrichment. But what about ourselves? We're just like dying in the vine, right? So I put it first. I go, you know what? Before I pick up my kids, I'm going to stop. I'm putting my schedule. I'm going to just you know, pick up my, go to piano, and play some piano. Or maybe that day, it's in the evening. It's later in the evening. So every woman's schedule rhythm is different. So that's the first thing for emotional wellness.
1: Love about that is like, we have to think about this in terms of, you know, for those of us that are parents, if we saw our children having an unbalanced, you know, day where they are just working on schoolwork all day. Like I know my one daughter, she's a valedictorian and she would come home from school and just study, study, study. And I'd be like, come on, we need a break. Let's just go for a walk or like, you know, let's go get some ice cream or whatever it is. And as a good parent, I want that for her. And sometimes we forget that God is a good parent. He's not just our father, but he's a good father and he longs for us to have that that built into our rhythm, just like we do for our own children. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay, see, it's like the Holy Spirit's moving. So I'm gonna spend a little more time on this, Rachel, because this is the core to soul care. When you're in soul care, your identity is God's daughter, okay? It's not the soldier, you know, marching on to pass on the gospel, which is important, remember? One of three ambitions. But there's another identity that God wants you to nurture. That is your identity as God's daughter, And I do that exactly. And that's an exercise I have people do. It's called imaginative prayer. This is a technique where when you're feeling stress, you picture yourself in a place that is your peaceful place. So the secular world calls it, what's your happy place? But we know that Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us, living life with us, walking through life. He has been in those places that have brought you peace. Is it the beach? And we recall how Jesus cooked breakfast for the disciples on the beach. Is it the woods? That's actually where Jesus had said, come away with me by yourselves for a little while because they were so busy serving people. And Jesus says, come, let's eat something. So think of your happy place. That is a sacred place in your imagination. And Jesus uses our imagination through all the parables he's, he tells us. And God meets with us there. So it's so important that we are that child and it's a good way to practice soul care. Like what's that little girl in me need right now? And we often just like lecture the little girl in us. We criticize her. I do that. Like one of my inner self talk is, Bonnie, just get over yourself right now. Stop it. (laughs) You know, I'm very harsh with myself. And the reason is because, well, for me, it's the way I grew up. And everyone has some kind of influence that we've absorbed this message. If it was a pastor or if it was a father or a mother, my mother was not very loving And so, you know, she would just say like, you know what, stop, stop complaining. Don't tell me anything like that. You know, if it's not helpful, just keep it to yourself. That's one of the messages I received as a little girl. And so as God's daughters, loving daughters were adopted into a new family with a new heavenly father. So even if you've had a very loving mother, loving father, you know, we pick up these messages, whether it's our work through our social media culture, you know, many things influence us. And so we are constantly being reparented. And, but it can only be done through us because Jesus isn't physically here now. So the Holy Spirit will prompt. And it's always very quiet. What is the one thing that can bring you joy or comfort or peace? It's always very quiet. And it's always very small and simple. Because like you said, Rachel, his yoke is easy, and light. And if you double-click on the word easy, the NASB translation is comfortable. And this has been a very big transforming principle whenever I share this with women. What is comfortable for you? Go with comfortable. When you're at a fork in the road, you know, you're stressed out, you're stuck on something, choose the path that is more comfortable for you. And we don't usually hear that. But that's what Jesus says. When we're with Jesus, you know, the word yoke. It's actually, I didn't know this because, you know, I grew up in Silicon Valley. I don't have very many much experience being on a farm other than watching Little House on the Prairie. But, you know, the yoke is what actually it's two oxen. I thought that the yoke previously was just one oxen. And I felt like I was that oxen, you know, and Jesus like, you know, using me as we plowed the field. But actually, that yoke is two animals. So it's like Jesus saying, hey, we're shoulder to shoulder together, Bonnie. And you know, the way I work, it's comfortable and light. Bonnie, you don't have to do these other things that are not comfortable and light, because if you're with me, I'm gentle and humble. So that's really, really easy. Also, as a mom, you know, because I was saying I was I didn't have a loving mom. So I was honestly, I always felt like, wait, what is the mom supposed to do? And this principle really helps me in my mothering. Okay. What is comfortable and light for me? Because what our children really want is really us. What they're going to take at the end of the day when they're, you know, in the world, they're going to remember. What was it like when I was with my mom? How did she make me feel?
1: For sure. I'm holding that. that for sure. And I think too, like even when we look back around our own memories with our children, you know, now that my kids are getting a little bit older, I don't think about all the like, insane craft projects we did i think about those moments where we're snuggled up on the couch we're just in each other's presence these are the moments that i look back and treasure and cherish and i used to carry such even guilt around that like i couldn't measure up to what other moms were doing and yet i always tell moms like god knew what he was doing when he gave you work, child and perhaps what they need is not what everybody else is doing but what he's enabled for you to do you know. And I think sometimes we forget wild. Yeah, that leads to the second secret tip, which is about a physical wellness.
0: And it's actually coming with a joy list. A yeah. joy list. Sometimes we feel like you know we're not we're not qualified to like choose joy until like we're stress free. Like oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed out. It's like okay, I'll wait till things calm down until I'm better, and then I'll choose joy. It's actually the opposite. We need to choose joy when we're most stressed, and Yeah, science backs this up because, you know, when we're physically not feeling well, you know, it leads us sometimes to lay, you know, at night without having trouble falling asleep because our bodies are just not feeling well. And the chemical that gets released to help us feel sleepy is called melatonin. And guess what? Your body converts serotonin, which is a happy hormone. It converts it to melatonin. So during the day, what we do with our time that actually influences how much serotonin which is a happy hormone that our body releases how much it can convert it into melatonin which will help us relax
1: and that's powerful that's so powerful because i think so many women that's such a key indicator like they i know so many women that can't sleep but i did not know about that connection and that serotonin connection that's so important it's just such an amazing way that god has created our bodies to work that's so powerful Yeah, that's why Jesus said, you know, if you obey my commands, he says, he says, you'll be filled with joy. You know, And
0: John, he says, like, I've come so that you can have joy and joy to the full. So I use this in my parenting practice with my kids because in Silicon Valley, it's really high pressured. The public school that my kids go to, the county, actually, they've suffered a rash of suicides such that the CDC has done a special investigative research in our area here in Santa Clara County because of the rash of high school suicide. So the things I'm sharing with all of us here are real and practical. So what we do is, because I want to help our kids to be resilient against stress. And so it starts with myself. If I am stressed, then they're not gonna know what that looks like. So one of the things I do is called a joy list. So I started this when they were really little, just because that's when I started having the panic attacks and the anxiety and the depression. And so I said, okay, God, like, how am I gonna raise these children? I don't want them to be affected by my, you know, mental health issues. And this idea of the joyless came up, you know, when I was, you know, thinking about joy and what Jesus said he wants us to have joy. I said, Well, how'd do I do this? I'm like barely like able to work properly. And so every week we would have a whiteboard and I would say, and there were little they couldn't read, so I would just draw little stick figure pictures. I said, What do you want to do? That would be fun. And we would have a row. The key is that for four of us, the two kids, but also me and my husband, because we needed that wellness. So we would then plug it in to our calendars every weekend. So it could be something simple like, oh, mini golf. And for me, it's like I love picnics, right? So like, okay, we're going to do a picnic on this Saturday. We plug it in ahead of time. So it's already in the schedule. And then it's fun because we'll say, hey, it's Josh's turn. We're going to do this. And we brainstorm. So we have a whiteboard where everybody just throws up crazy ideas. And then I'll say, "Okay, everybody pick one. And that's what we're going to do. So that we would do that like regularly. And so now that the boys are teenagers, they'll even tell me or Eric, my husband, to go first. They're like, oh, mom, you've never done, you know, it's like the indoor flying thing. I've never done it where you like get into this wind tunnel thing and that, oh, that's great idea. Let's do that one first. So it's created this culture where even if during the week, you know, we get into little like spats or whatever, you know, you have a soul care account, meaning with our kids and with ourselves, you know, that principle, I was talking about racial way of soul care accounts, depletion or energizing. You can extract from the soul care account during the week because, you know, there's life. There's things that are little hiccups and conflicts that If you have it filled up, it's okay. You're coming out positive. So sometimes when we get into little like stressful conflicts, we think, Oh gosh, you know, everybody's in a bad mood. Like, how can I choose joy? It's exactly the reason why we need to do it. Not because we're in the mood for it, but you just do it because the way God created our bodies, it'll start releasing the serotonin the minute you do it. So there's been times where we're in the car and somebody's not in a happy mood. It's okay. I don't use the left brain to parent as much anymore. I don't say, Stop feeling grumpy. Why are you grumpy? I just say, okay, let's get in the car. Let's go. And then after having fun, guess what? Their mood changes. Not because I told them to change, but we t- had an experience that changed
1: it. I love that. And I think there's so much wisdom in not just looking at this from a spiritual perspective, because I think that's what we tend to do. Like, just just prayed away or, you know, pray through it and expect it to change. But looking at the way that God actually made our bodies to work and recognizing that is a huge part of it, because ignoring the science, it sets us up for failure. Or working with the science that helps us understand, like, this is how God is us to operate. I love that so much. Yeah,
0: and I think that's why Jesus came as a human, you know? Like he came, he's like, yes, I get tired. I need a food. I just want to be with my closest friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. I don't want to be with anybody else. Yes, I serve the masses, but I need the time with just Mary and Martha. I could just go hang out and just eat and drink and have fun. You know, like Jesus lived a very human life, even though he's fully divine. And so you see that too, you know, like during the like Gethsemane, that's gets into the other wellness tip for our spiritual wellness. The worst night of his life where Jesus literally falling to the ground, pouring out sweats of blood, and he's even in a space of vulnerability. He's like, hey, can we just change the plan here, Father God? I don't want this cup. Can we just change the plan? Is this another way? I mean, this is so vulnerable for the Son of God to show us. Many times Jesus prayed alone. We know this. It's part of his rhythm. And yet the worst night of his life where he struggled, and he it says he just cried and fell to the ground. He invited three of his closest friends to see him and hear him. And so this is a very important practice for our spiritual wellness. We need to have that space with other people that we can trust. And again, this is soul care, our spiritual wellness. There's many aspects of spiritual wellness. But for soul care, mental health, wellness, we need to have some trusted friends we can confide in. And it can come as we're having coffee or having breakfast, the key is doing something together. And this is very anti-world culture our s- secular culture, because again, unless we're working towards somebody or something can give us something or we can work on something together, it's missing that kind of like, let's just hang out as spiritual sisters and encourage each other. Just listen and not feel like we have to create something. So For me, prior, I was a, you know, leader in my church to create a lot of curriculum and do Bible studies. I found that most of my get-togethers were about ministry. But when I was feeling down and struggling, had questions, and I actually realized I wouldn't even know who I would call to talk to about stuff like that. And so began a new journey of really thinking, wait, where are the relationships and friendships that God wants me to nurture that are not about me doing anything for anybody, but just just to be together with someone, to enjoy a nice meal or to talk.
1: Well, Bonnie, we're almost out of time. Can you quickly go through the fourth one just so we don't run out of time, we don't miss it. And my goodness, I feel like we could sit here and talk all day. Well, yeah, the the most
0: important simple practice is the breath prayer.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've had personal experience with that where I didn't know that it was called the breath prayer and I didn't actually do the prayer aspect. I just learned about the scientific aspect of how much that helps us. So if we do... Walk us through that for somebody that's never heard about that before. Yeah, the breath prayer is a very
0: simple way to pray using the natural rhythm of your breathing. And it's based on a practice that's been happening for centuries from the Desert Fathers. And so the breath prayer is using our body's natural rest response. Like you said, that it's called breath work in the secular culture about mindfulness Where you just slow down our breathing and help our body to activate the body's natural rest response. It releases tension. But we as believers, we add breath prayers to oxygenate our soul with God's peace and bring us calm. So there's a four step process. First, you close your eyes, imagine yourself in a place that's peaceful. God is with you there. Second, you inhale. You can whisper God's name. Breathe in Jesus. Breathe out, help me. You can share a request. Or you can share how you feel. Inhale, God, exhale, I'm tired. And then the third step is you can meditate on a Bible verse. This is a promise that's just special to you maybe in the season right now. So one that's special for me is cast your cares on him because he cares for you from First Peter 5, 7. I use this when I'm worried. I give this to my kids before they take a test they do it at school quietly. Nobody knows. (laughs) And so we inhale. I cast my cares on you. Exhale because you care for me. Inhale. I cast my cares on you. Exhale because you care for me. And as you continue to take your breaths, you just name the cares as a way to cast it to God.
1: You know, Bonnie, I'm so excited for our readers to get their hands on this book because I think for many people, it could be life-changing. I know that the content that's in there is things that are foundational to not just the quality of life that we have, but our quality of life with God. And it helps us to chase after the kind of life that he wants us to have working, like I said before, working for rest instead of real simple work. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you or how they can get their hands on a copy of this book?
0: Yes, So the book is called Breathe 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. You can get the book anywhere. I would love to invite all our listeners to take a soul care quiz. I created this quiz so that each woman can learn which is their top area of wellness in the four that we talked about. And you can take this quiz. It's free at soulcarequiz.com. That's soulcarequiz.com and you'll be able to get some scripture that backs up these four areas of wellness and then join my book club. I'm doing a book club for the book because it's being released. And if you pre-order, you get a free wellness Bible study where we dig into four major scriptures that talk about these four areas of wellness. And you can do that at thebreathebook.com. thebreathebook.com.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to just spend some time with us to unpack some of these things. I'm just so thankful for you. And one of the things that we do at the end of every episode is pray for our audience. And I wondered how you would feel about praying for our audience as we blow out today's show. Oh my goodness. That would be an honor to do that
0: as we come into a place of rest together.
1: Thank you.
0: Lord Jesus, thank you that you're faithful to love us. And even though we don't even know where to start, to find rest, you welcome us. You welcome us to come to you burdened and stressed. You welcome us to come to you just as we are. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would reassure each woman who's here listening with the touch of your peace. Whisper to her the words that you know she needs at this very moment. Remind her she's so loved. She's worth it. Even though no one else can see you see her. Lord Jesus, I just pray that your words will lift her up and reassure her that she is your beloved. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. It's been such a treasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Rachel. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show we also have family discussion guides and what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day i talk about the same content that's on the adult show just taught in a way that kids can understand Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to SheHears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you wanna teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly.